Alright boys and girls, happy Friday. Um, my computer's acting up today, so I'm actually recording this on my phone. I hope it sounds okay for you. Um, it's the last day we'll be reading Jonathan Livingston Siegel, finishing up today, so let's jump right into it. Um, let's go back and uh, read this part about Fletcher. Alright. It was for him as though the rock were a giant hard door into another world, a burst of fear and shock and black as he hit. And then he was adrift in a strange, strange sky, forgetting, remembering, forgetting, afraid and sad and sorry, terribly sorry. The voice came to him as it had in the first day that he had met Jonathan Livingston Siegel. The trick, Fletcher, is that we are trying to overcome our limitations in order, patiently. We don't tackle flying through a rock until a little later in the program. Jonathan, also known as the son of the great Gaul, his instructor said dryly, what are you doing here? The cliff, haven't I, didn't I die? Oh, Fletch, come on, think. If you were talking to me now, then obviously you didn't die, did you? What you did manage to do was to change your level of consciousness rather abruptly. It's your choice now. You can stay here and learn on this level, which is quite a bit higher than the one you left, by the way. Or you can go back and keep working with the flock. The elders were hoping for some kind of disaster but they're startled that you obliged them so well. I want to go back to the flock, of course. I've barely begun with a new group. Very well, Fletcher. Remember what we were saying about one's body being nothing more than thought itself. Fletcher shook his head and stretched his wings and opened his eyes at the base of the cliff. In the center of the whole flock assembled there was a great clamor of squawks and screes from the crowd when he first moved. He lives. He that was dead lives. Touched him with a wingtip, brought him back <clears throat> brought him back to life. The son of the great Gaul. No, he denies it. He's a devil. Devil. Come to break the flock. There were four thousand Gauls in the crowd, <clears throat> frightened at what had happened, and the cry devil went through them like the wind of an ocean storm. Eyes glazed, beaks sharp. They closed in to destroy. Would you feel better if we left, Fletcher? asked Jonathan. I, cer I certainly wouldn't object too much if we did. Instantly they stood together a half mile away and the flashing beaks of the mob closed on empty air. Why is it? Jonathan puzzled that the hardest thing in the world is to convince a bird that he is free, that he can prove it for himself if he just spend a little time practicing. Why should that be so hard? Fletcher still blinked from the change of scene. What did you just do? How did we get here? You did say you wanted to be out of the mob, didn't you? Yes, but how did you? Like everything else, Fletcher, practice. 
By morning, the flock had forgotten its insanity, but Fletcher had not. Jonathan, remember what you said a long time ago about loving the flock enough to return to it and help it learn? Sure. I don't understand how you managed to love a mob of birds that has just tried to kill you. Oh, Fletch, you don't love that. You don't love hatred and evil, of course. You have to practice and see the real goal, the good in every one of them, and to help them see it in themselves. That's what I mean by love. It's fun when you get the knack of it. I remember a fierce young bird, for instance, Fletcher Lind Siegel, his name, just been made an outcast, ready to fight the flock to death, getting a start on building his own bitter hell out on the far cliffs. And here he is today, building his own heaven instead, and leading the whole flock in that direction. Fletcher turned to his instructor, and there was a moment of fright in his eye. Me leading? What do you mean, me leading? You're the instructor here. You couldn't leave. Couldn't I? Don't you think that there might be other flocks, other Fletchers, that need an instructor more than this one? That's on its way toward the light? Me, John? I'm just a plain seagull, and you're... The only son of the great gull, I suppose? Jonathan sighed and looked out to sea. You don't need me any longer. You need to keep finding yourself a little more each day. The real, unlimited Fletcher Siegel. He's your instructor. You need to understand him and practice him. A moment later, Jonathan's body wavered in the air, shimmering, and began to go transparent. Don't let them spread silly rumors about me or make me a god. Okay, Fletch? I'm a seagull. I like to fly, maybe. Jonathan! Poor Fletch. Don't believe what your eyes are telling you. All they show is limitation. Look with your understanding. Find out what you already know, and you'll see the way to fly. The shimmering stopped. Jonathan Siegel had vanished into empty, into empty air. After a time, Fletcher Gall dragged himself into the sky and faced a brand new group of students, eager for their first lesson. To begin with, he said heavily, You've got to understand that a seagull is an unlimited idea of freedom, an image of the great gall, and your whole body from wingtip to wingtip is nothing more than your thought itself. The young galls looked at him quizzically. Hey man, they thought, this doesn't sound like a, real, a rule for a loop. Fletcher sighed and started over. Hmm, ah, very well, he said and eyed them critically. Let's begin with level flight. And saying that, he understood all at once that his friend had quite honestly been no more divine than Fletcher himself. No limits, Jonathan, he thought. Well then, the time's not distant when I'm going to appear out of thin air on your beach and show you a thing or two about flying. And though he tried to look properly severe for his students, Fletcher Seagull suddenly saw, saw them all as they really were, just for a moment. And he more than liked, he loved what he saw. No limits, Jonathan, he thought and smiled. His race to learn had begun. The End
Thank <laughs> you.